Why is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talkers. Subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers. They are moving quickly, coming home from the 2024 Senior Bowl, beginning, I guess, step two, pro days, NFL draft, NFL free agency, the second step in their offseason process and plenty of news to talk about meanwhile they're starting to figure out their salary cap space there are names to watch and one publication tossed out another one that i think was a a bit surprising we'll dive into that the latest coaching news and uh a, a former all pro wide receiver that could be headed to the pittsburgh steelers it's it's been a beautiful week in the burg i don't even want to say a beautiful day it's been a beautiful week here in the burg especially for february how you feeling my friend i feel good um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I went for a run yesterday. I saw the sun. I like, you know, I did my, did my usual thing where I like bundle up, you know, I put on a sweatshirt yeah. and sweatpants and everything. I'm pretending like it's still 30 degrees and I walk outside. I get barely outside my door and I'm like, whew, I'm already sweating. It's, <laughs> that's a good day. That's definitely, uh, that's definitely a good day. Sun in February is something that, uh, you don't get much of in the city of Pittsburgh. Did January feel like a year to you? I don't know if you've seen those me- memes everywhere, but it's like January was like 12 years long. I think I I think I agree. Was January the same thing for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and then you look back and you're like, huh, a hundred things happened and I don't remember any of them. Not January. one. Yep. Not one. Couldn't tell you anything we did in Buffalo. Couldn't. I, I, I turned 28 this last month. I didn't even, couldn't tell you what day it was. Um, It was. It was a long, long month of January, but we're in February. Things happen in February. The combine happens in February, so it's uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It's a beautiful month. It's a beautiful month. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything happened with that happening with them before. Obviously, they go to Indianapolis and take that second big step in the NFL draft process. Some news and notes to start off with: Mike Sullivan does not land the offensive coordinator gig with the Las Vegas Raiders. They take, I guess, potential reported candidate. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cliff Kingsbury instead. I think that's an all-star hire, and I hope nothing but the best. I love that coaching staff in Vegas. I won't lie to you. The Antonio Pierce and Kingsbury alone kind of feels like you're playing Madden. I'm a big fan of it. He is still up for the offensive coordinator job with the New Orleans Saints. There have been a couple of people who have had second interviews. Not sure if Sullivan has been one of them. I mean, Reports say now, early reports said he was not coming back no matter what. Now it says unless he gets an OC job, he is coming back. Are you kind of counting him as part of the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff as we stand right here? I am, quite honestly. Um, You know, I don't doubt that any of the consideration for any of these OC jobs was real for Mike Sullivan, but um, it just seems like he's he's kind of a candidate, not the candidate for any team. Um, Mm -hmm especially the Saints, you know, it seems like they're they're moving on a couple different guys. So as of right now, I'd kind of expect Mike Sullivan to be on the sidelines for the Steelers in 2024. Um, you know, hard to say what that really means. Um, you know, it's it's the same. It's, it's yeah. a, I'm not going to say stale yet, but it's it's the same guy. Um, so don't know how much it's going to impact the Steelers in, in 2024. I mean, I, I'm sure fans might not look at it as the most exciting thing in the world just because – recent track record of quarterback play hasn't been great. It's all been kind of under, under Mike Sullivan's uh, direction. You wonder how much Arthur Smith is going to be involved with coaching quarterbacks and how much he can impact that. But um, 
I guess stability, not the worst thing in the world. It's just kind of how you look at it and how you spin it. Um, I, I don't really know what to, to make of the long-term impact of Mike Sullivan staying in Pittsburgh, but you know, if you want to spin it positively, stability is, is not a bad thing. Yeah. I think Sullivan's got a track record that holds up and, you know, he has had a lot of success as a quarterback's coach in the NFL with some, with some pretty big names and has had some pretty good success. Maybe it's not, you know, Sullivan as much as it is Kenny Pickett. Maybe it is Sullivan as much as it is Kenny Pickett. Who knows? At the same time, Mason Rudolph took a massive step forward this season. So you have to, you know, take that into consideration and say how much of that was Mike Sullivan. So I think it's back and forth. I think at the end of the day, if you were going to shoot for the stars and go get somebody crazy and bring him in and go, oh, okay, that was a name right there. Can't believe the Steelers got that guy. Cool. If it was going to be another just quarterbacks coach, Mike Sullivan's a good one. He's got a lot of respect and he's got the experience that I think, I think the coaching staff kind of wants, you know, like, if you're going to make some changes, which we haven't really seen the changes that I think we expected to see this offseason, I don't know if Sullivan, Sullivan would have been one of the major ones on my list. Are you surprised that we're, at this point, coaching staff seems pretty much filled. Arthur Smith signing has still not come out, which is, I mean, at, at what point do you just start saying, okay, look, at, I get you're in Mobile, but you know somebody's got to be back to ink this guy to a contract. Were, were you surprised that? You know, this is this is really it that just to, you know, for those who haven't been paying attention, the Steelers have cleaned house with their strength and conditioning coaches. They've moved on from a scout. Obviously, they lost a senior or assistant, excuse me, defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander. But that's been it. They hired a new offensive coordinator and there has been no moves of anyone else outside of Sullivan, who, if he gets an OC job, will leave the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I am a little surprised. I mean, we heard Mike Tomlin say that changes were coming to the coaching staff. Um, I, The way he said it, I kind of assumed it was the Steelers are going to force changes. They are going to make changes. And really yep. all they've done, yeah, they flipped over their strength and conditioning staff, um, losing Alexander as well. But that was more Alexander's decision. I think he got a bigger job, yep. a better position. Um instead of kind of the Steelers forcing him out. Um, and then obviously the offensive coordinator, that was a position they already had to fill. Um, I kind of expected some bigger, some bigger positions to kind of be turned over. And that hasn't happened yet. Um, maybe I was just me- reading Mike Tomlin's words wrong, but I thought I kind of expected some bigger, more significant changes than, than what we've got so far. Yeah, I think me too. I, I didn't know where to expect it, but I thought names like Eddie Faulkner, Frisman Jackson, I don't know. The defense is kind of young. The defensive coaching staff is is a little young. I didn't expect many changes over there, but I did expect some offensive changes, and there were literally none outside of the <laughs> strength and conditioning that I guess you could you could toss in there. A bit surprised. Maybe maybe this is the year. You know, this is like the final year of whatever. Who knows? Do you expect them? I mean, people have tossed out names like Mike Munchak to come in here and be like a senior offensive assistant with a name like Arthur Smith. You even think that's still on the table to hire? It doesn't even have to be Munchak. I don't believe it would be Munchak. Anybody, you know, do you think people are like, oh, you got to get a passing game coordinator. Do you think that's on the table with a name like Arthur Smith? I don't know. I I don't really expect it, quite honestly, because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they have their, they have their kind of coaching staff set in stone and, I, I do wonder if Arthur Smith is going to tell them, hey, like, I need to kind of bring in some of my own assistants. I need to bring in some of my guys to help me out. But um, 
I don't know. This feels like I feel like the Arthur Smith hiring, um, and then kind of the the other ways that they've the Steelers have gone about this offseason in relation to their coaching staff makes me feel like they are kind of uh, I don't want to say safe. They feel comfortable with the coaches that they have. I feel like they're yes. not looking to rock the boat in any way, um, bring in too many voices or anything like that. Um, I thought if they were going to bring in any kind of you know a passing game coordinator or something like that. They, this, you know, Mike Tomlin would have kind of controlled that higher. I don't feel like they would have left that to Arthur Smith. I could be wrong, and there could be more changes coming after they make, uh, make that hiring official with Arthur Smith. But I mean, the the longer they drag their feet with this, the longer, or the more candidates come off the board, the more guys uh, are kind of picked up. Like you know, Alex Van Pelt was a guy that uh that had been floated as pass game coordinator. He's going to the Patriots. Yeah. It's it's you know, guys like that are being snatched up and you're just left with fewer and fewer options the longer you wait, which leads me to believe that they're not very concerned about uh, the guys that are being snatched up and filling other positions. Cause the other, I mean, the other thing is they moved quickly on Arthur Smith, you know, yep. like why would they not move quickly to, I mean, reportedly move quickly on Arthur Smith. They haven't actually signed him yet, but <laughs> there's um, no deal in place yet, but yeah. Yeah. No, right. So, I agree though. I agree. I, I, I think at this point they've, it's like almost come to a screeching halt, which I didn't anticipate. I didn't expect. But just like you said, the names, like what names are still floating out? Like I have a hard time coming up with one to say, oh, well, that would still be a good passing game coordinator if he came in here. I also don't think that the Steelers are thinking that way. I mean, and I, and they could be, but I kind of started to dig into Arthur Smith a little bit more. And some of the stats around this guy when it comes to throwing the football, pretty good. Didn't expect them to be good, but they were a little bit impressive. Like people are freaking out about oh, well, you know, he he only did so much or, or he did nothing with Desmond Ritter. Maybe he can't develop a quarterback, which I think is a little still up in the air because his options were Ryan Tannehill and then which who was already developed and he had a good season with and then Desmond Ritter, who may not turn into anything ever in the NFL, like he might be the equivalent to Kenny Pickett. And, you know, that's not really a lot to like at the same time. Are you like judging Mike Sullivan saying, oh, well, he couldn't develop Kenny Pickett. So he's terrible it's like eh, i don't know about that one yet at the same time you know you gotta you look at guys like dude his his good year in tennessee like the year that AFC that they went to the afc championship game aj brown and Corey dillon combined for 200 targets they both were thousand yard or, or near thousand yard receivers 10 plus touchdowns like they had ridiculous seasons and i mean that's pretty impressive so maybe he does know how to throw the football i have no idea you know i i've i've i'm still diving into as much arthur smith as i can but there's just like a part of me, the more I do more research on this guy, the more I'm like, you know, I, I kind of don't get the vibe that this is going to be a, a collaboration of let's just make the ultimate offensive staff. I kind of just feel like it's going to be Arthur Smith as the dude and they'll just let it rock and then they'll use everybody else the way that, you know, they've been using everybody else. I am a little surprised that that other coaches haven't gone anywhere, you know, in that aspect. But when it comes to actually hiring a pass game coordinator. I don't know how surprised I actually am. On the other side of the football, there were two big names. Bill Belichick's not coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We could scratch that one. But there were two big names that did not get head coaching gigs that people expected to get head coaching gigs. That was Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. Vrabel's name we tossed out there right the day he was fired. We were like, we should probably the Steelers should probably hire Mike Vrabel as a senior whatever. And obviously, we had to wait it out. Somehow, it's worked out in the way that we have said it was going or could work out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
He's still floating out there, man. What are you even hesitating to say, hey, make him a contract offer, bring him in as a Brian Flores role in twenty twenty four? No, not at all. I mean, he should absolutely be pursued for for a job like that. Um Yes. I mean, if he like I, I say, you know, if he would take it, but I also thought that he wouldn't even consider a job like that uh before like when he was fired i i assumed that he was going to be a head coach somewhere um yes. and i don't really know why he's not to be quite honest with you not um either. so i'm i'm still kind of my head's still spinning from that a little bit quite honestly so yeah if you can get mike Vrabel, you go get mike mike Vrabel. it's really not not a question of ability or anything you don't I, it's a guy that i'm not even sure you have to like really seriously interview if you're the steelers it's more about <laughs> hey do you want to come here yeah, hey my god you want to come to yeah. pittsburgh Right, it's a it's a pretty one way, one way street there. Um, yeah. If if Mike Bravel wants to come, the Steelers should want him to come. Um, so, yeah, I I'm, you know, not like I I don't know how much an assistant like that would get paid or anything, but I think you almost write him a blank check and say, yeah, we'd love to have you here. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And I don't even like I don't know where that comes out. I don't know. I don't know the finances of coaching staffs and where it comes from and all that. Art Rooney makes a billion dollars a year. Go sign Mike Frable. You know, you're not you're not sweating about the couple mil that you got to pay this guy to make your defense that much better. And if you make the Super Bowl and go on a run and have one crazy defense, chances are you're going to make more money because people are going to buy jerseys and come to games and so on and so forth. So it's all going to work out in your favor anyways. I agree. Rabel is a dude. It was so unrealistic when we were talking about it the first time. It was like, there's no way this guy's not going to He's probably going to be the first coach hired somewhere. There's just no chance. The way that the coaching carousel has worked itself out is, is a little wild to me. Like you... All the names that we talked about the first time we talked about Mike Vrabel, almost none of them got head coaching jobs or took head coaching jobs. Uh, they were all just like, no, nah, I'm going to stay where I am. And then the big ones didn't go anywhere outside of Jim Harbaugh. So the fact that Vrabel didn't get a job wild to me, easily calling him if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if he'd come here over New England. I don't know if New England's going to consider him. If they're not, the Steelers should call him and say, look it. You should. Could you imagine Arthur Smith, Mike Tomlin, Arthur Smith, and Mike Frable in the same building? I mean, especially if Arthur Smith grows his mustache back, the motivation that comes into the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room on a daily basis would be on. That would just be unreal. That would just be unreal. The, the juice in that building every day between Mike Frable and and Mike Tomlin would be unbelievable. Like unbelievable. It, yeah, just two like There's, Energizer bunnies. I feel like. <laughs> There would be holes in the wall everywhere yeah. just from people just running through them. It would be crazy. It would be it would be crazy. I think that's the easy answer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Will they do it? Who knows? But I didn't think they would do it with Brian Flores, and they did. And I think that they I think they saw good results there and they'd like to I would be more open to that. I, I would be more open to that idea as somebody who covers the Steelers as a realistic option more than I would anybody on offense because they've done it before and I think they could uh Certainly do it again. All right, moving on to some players, some NFL draft news with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our boots on the ground. Nick Martin has unfortunately told us all week long that guys like Bo Nix, Michael Penix, not having a good week down at the Senior Bowl. Very disappointing. I think both of them lowered their stat stock from what I have been told from anybody down there, working, covering, scouting, whatever you want to call it. Not a good week for either of those guys at the Senior Bowl. Name who did impress, Spencer Rattler who was named probably the best quarterback at the Senior Bowl this year. I don't think he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers' radar, maybe on the Pittsburgh Steelers' radar now. On the other side of that, with those guys not impressing, 
ESPN came out with a list of all the quarterbacks and where they're going to go and where they're predicted to land. I'm talking draft quarterbacks and free agency quarterbacks, potential trades like Justin Fields, so on and so forth. The name that the Pittsburgh Steelers landed with was Florida State star Jordan Travis in the third round, the 84th pick in the draft. Not a name I associated with the Steelers whatsoever. I think a name that was real under the radar in the NFL draft, obviously because of his leg injury earlier in the season, or I guess late in the season, comes in here, met with the Steelers at the East-West Shrine Bowl. I think that's a, a positive takeaway there. You hear the name Jordan Travis. You saw that yesterday. What's your uh, What was your re- initial reaction when, when you hear that name associated with the Steelers? Well, I'm a big Jordan Travis guy. I really like him. Um, and I think he's going to kind of be in the range where I think it's a pr- most appropriate for the Steelers to take a quarterback if they're thinking that way. Um, like it seems like he's, I think they ESPN had him going third round. If he's in the third round or fourth round, like I'm lunging at that opportunity. I really like, I think he can throw the ball. I think he's tough. I think he can run as well. I mean, you got to obviously see how he recovers from the leg injury, but um, to be quite honest, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, and I think the guy, yeah. it's a guy who knows how to win. Um, this guy has like watched a program at Florida state build itself up from, like a, a really disastrous state into a national title contender. So yep. um, I, I'm i all about Jordan Travis, and I think he's going to be in the right range for the Steelers. And uh, I, I think you also kind of got to consider, like, okay, if, if Knicks and Penix and these guys have some poor, you know, have some poor senior bowls, have some poor pre-draft stuff, we can see what they do with the combine. Where do they kind of fall in the mix, and how do we how do we kind of judge them? in March versus in, in February and January. Um, but Travis, I feel like is going to be right in that prime spot for the Steelers to take a talented quarterback, but not have to spend really heavy draft capital on yep. it. Um, but also, you know, you're not waiting until the sixth or seventh round to just get like a Chris old who's not really talented enough to compete for anything. I think Travis is, I, I'm not going to call him a first round talent, but I think he is kind of in that top tier of quarterbacks who can, who can who are serious candidates to like compete and and can provide some some challenges for people, but also um, be kind of a long term investment for the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think that if he doesn't get hurt, he's much higher on a lot of people's draft boards. I also think that just like you said, Penix and and Bo Nix are are going to impress. They're going to have pro days. They're going to have combine numbers. They're going to move up. That's just what happens. You know what I mean? You hold a pro day, you immediately jump at least 10 spots. That's just what happens. You're just, oh, my God. That guy, could he just threw the football 60 yards. It's Did the you Zach see Wilson that throw? Rule. Yeah. The Zach Wilson rule. Exactly. You're, you're going to be able – they're going to jump. They're going to move around a ton. They're going to improve their draft stock. Jordan Travis is not. Like, he's going to sit exactly where he is right now in that third-round range. He's going to be overlooked. He might move up to, like, late second, but I think that's the highest you're going to go. And I think at that point, if you miss him, okay, that stinks. If you could get him at 84, if you could get him in the third round, I think that's a great investment. You could, that, I think that's the perfect investment for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you could bring back Mason Rudolph, keep Kenny Pickett, and have them battle it out this offseason, and then have a guy like Jordan Travis sitting in the background just w- working and developing, and maybe he's ready a year from now to be that guy, who knows? But I think that's like that's the perfect quarterback range for me when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because I think 20 is too far back. You're not going to get anybody unless it's like a J.J. McCarthy. And I think even then's a risk. And oh, no, 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 no I'm no. not. Yeah, like I'm not high on J.J. McCarthy. I think I'm higher on him than Bo Nix, but I'm not 
I'm not high on. I'm really? not high on. I'm not very high on Bo Nix. I don't. I'm. Interesting. I think Bo Nix has uh, a lot of Kenny Pickett potential, which uh, and has nothing to do with the and age. JJ Just, McCarthy doesn't. No, JJ McCarthy's got a ton of, a ton of huh. Kenny Pickett potential. A ton okay. of Kenny Pick, Pickett potential. Um, but I don't think. But he's gonna. He's he's like he avoid he avoided the Senior Bowl. He'll stay under the radar. We have another month until we have to talk about our like real thoughts and what we see on JJ. You know what I'm saying? Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't have a bad week. So immediately he improved. Um, and I think, I think 20 is, and I wouldn't take JJ McCarthy with 20th pick. That would not. Okay. Like I would not be sitting there. That's what I'm trying to say is the 20th, I think is too late at that point. If you're going into the second round, I guess, depending on who falls, but I think you could get a good offensive lineman, a good corner in round one and two going to round three and you got options. And if that's a quarterback, cool. You know, at that point, make an investment piece and move on. You hear Spencer Rattler's name. No thoughts there. I, Spencer Rattler's been a guy that, uh, I mean, at one point he was potentially considered like the best quarterback, the best up and coming quarterback in, in college football. Then Caleb Williams emerged and he was like, all right. Oh, Spencer Rattler. I forgot about that guy. There he is. Uh, here he is. I couldn't even tell you where he's projected to go in the draft, but I would expect second to fourth round somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'm not particularly high on Spencer Rattler. I feel like at some at times he looks like the best quarterback in the world, and then the very next quarter he's playing like the worst quarterback in the world. Um, just too inconsistent in my mind to really be worth a draft. Like, so he's gonna get drafted. I just, I yeah, yeah, you know, wouldn't want it to be my team. You know, like it's just not a little bit too much risk there for me, especially especially for where he's gonna. He's going to be like Travis feels like a much more sure thing, you know, to me than a Spencer Rattler. And I think with this pick, like, I think the Steelers should look for some upside if when they're looking for a quarterback. Um, But like Rattler's upside just isn't high enough, I think, to justify how low I think his potential floor is. Like, yeah, I think he there's a chance he could flame out before, you know, like training camp even ends. Um, So it's. I, I'm not in on Spencer Rattler. I think he, he could be fine. Um, it's just not a risk that I would be real comfortable with the Steelers taking. Yeah, I think if you're going to wait it out that far, there's so many names around that that little part of the draft. Spencer Rattler is not. I mean, if you asked me a year ago, I'd say, all right, maybe. You know, maybe you consider this guy. I'm not a Spencer Rattler guy. I don't think. Just like you said, his floor is, I think, is so low. I just I think you know more of what you're getting with the Spencer Rattler than you do a lot of guys in the middle of the draft there. And that's that's where you're like that's where you're taking your shots. You're like, all right, this guy, he's got some upside. Spencer Rattler, you're like, he's got third round, he's got third round pick upside. Like that's what he's got. Fourth round pick upside. That's what he's got. He doesn't have potential second, first. Oh man, this dude was a steal upside. It's all just eh, maybe. I'm not a Spencer Rattler guy. I haven't been a Spencer Rattler guy. I thought I liked Spencer Rattler when he first came into college a lot more. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I, he's a I fun just, college quarterback to watch. That's I'll, what I'm saying. Like, I th- like he, I, I he'll think he play an cool. entertaining game. Yes. Yes. I thought he was cool. I don't think he's he's not a guy that's going to answer problems. And the Steelers have a quarterback problem. And that's just kind of where you sit if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I would be more in on Travis on Jordan Travis than I am Spencer Rattler. And, and kind of hearing that name, I think, would uh, would would definitely excite me. All right, moving on. Two other topics I want to talk about. First one here. The Steelers are working through cap space issues. They're roughly anywhere from 14 to $17 million 
over the estimated salary cap, depending on who you ask and where you look. There's obviously options to get below that. Chooks core four is a big one. Uh, Allen Robinson saves you like $10 million. Patrick Peterson saves you somewhere in the realm of six. You, you could keep going. Keanu Neal saves you two. And I, I think his dead cap is like $35,000 or something crazy like that. Not realistically, but it's definitely under a million bucks. Another name that's been tossed out there by uh, Bleacher Report is Larry Ogunjobi, who takes on a $13 million cap hit this season. The Steelers could save somewhere around $6 million bucks if they cut him before June 1st. After June 1st, it's like $9.75 million. Good name, but unfortunately, who are you going to replace him with? That's the big question. Was Larry O on your mind when you were thinking of caps, cap cuts? And now that you hear it, has anything changed? Yeah, it, he wasn't kind of on my radar. Um but I think it's it seems like more of a possibility the more I think about it. Um, you know, I think it kind of depends on what they do with Montrevious Adams. Um, but I, I there it's just a big number that he takes on. You know, like yes. six million dollars is a lot of money. They can save even more if they cut him after June first. Um, it's it's just an interesting spot because I think Larry O's good, and I don't think you're going to upgrade at that position. Or I think it's hard to upgrade at that position. Um, yeah. especially if you're also looking to save money. Um, so that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm like, the way I look at it is like, you kind of got to spend money to, to make this defense good enough. Um, so I, I feel like this is kind of a worthy investment for the Steelers. Like I'm, I like Lario. I mean, I know he gets hurt. I know he's got some injury concerns, but I think he's productive when he's on the field. Um, and I think he plays an important position, a position that the Steelers need some depth at some like yeah. starting quality, excuse me. <clears throat> some starting quality depth. Um, yeah. and I feel like that's what Larry O gives you. I know he's not, you know, he's not a, a pro bowl or an all pro guy, but he's, he's capable of starting and, and being productive when he's in there. And I think just when you think about everyone else on the defensive line, when you think about, you know, Cam Hayward's situation and everything like that, I feel like they need a guy like Larry O. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like it's a tough spot to cut him because you're taking such a step back. If you cut him, if you're able to draft somebody early enough, like if they take a first round defensive lineman, okay. You know, at that point you're like, right, sounds good. You know, right. start the rebuild now, but you got to imagine Cam's got one year left on his deal. This is probably the last year of Cam Hayward. And even if it's not, you have to think that way because the guy's 34, 35 years old, Keanu Benton, could move into one of those roles. I think he should move into one of those roles whenever either Cam or Larry O is gone. But that, at that point, you're hoping Montrevious Adams comes back that you could resign him. And you're also hoping that he doesn't get hurt because you got nobody behind him that's worthy of starting and being in that starting role. I think that you have almost no depth if you if you cut him. Because DeMarvin Leal, you know, he's not a guy. I don't think he's even part of the future right now, if you ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. Isaiah Loudermilk's entering. I believe the final year of his rookie deal that you, that's a major question mark. And he's not really starter capable right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. People are talking about Armand Watts. Got to bring Armand Watts back. Even if you do, he's not a starter and he's not a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think that you have a bunch of, you have quality depth. Why would you ruin that quality depth for a guy that you don't have to get rid of? There's so many other ways to go about it. And like the Steelers have options. You know, I think that's the biggest thing here is it's not like, oh, well, they they're so far above the salary cap. They got to get below it. It's unreal how quickly and how hard it's going to be to get below it. They've been in that situation before. That's not where they are right now. You're going to cut Allen Robinson. Most likely that's $10 million. You're going to get rid of Chooks, whether it's a trade or you're just going to release them. That gets you above the salary cap. 
boom, you got $2 million to work with. You need a lot more money than that. Restructure TJ Watt, you restructure Cam Hayward, you restructure Alex Highsmith, restructure Minka Fitzpatrick. Boom, you probably just saved, you know, anywhere from 10 to $15 million right there. You're working with money at that point, you know, and you got to come up with more and you got to find other ways to go about it. But I think Larry O was pretty far down the list before I'm like, oh, okay, look, you got to start. Or you got to cut Larry Ogunjobi, and and that's got to be your guy. I just think that there's there's so many ways around that that deal and that that situation. That I mean, you're just like Mitch Trubisky is on yeah. is on the roster. Like you're cutting him well before you're cutting the you're cutting uh, Larry O. I just I yeah. I think he's too far down the list to consider him right now. Yeah, yeah, and like I I don't know to be honest, like. I see the New Orleans Saints like every week there, every yeah. offseason. There's a headline about like, oh, the Saints are in cap hell. Like they are never going to be able to like <laughs> keep this roster together. And it's yes. like, and somehow they figure it out by the time training camp starts. Like, I don't know. Like, I no, think the, the Steelers can not real. It's a myth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not real. Money's not real. Um, don't don't even worry about it. Um, ever since we got off the gold standard, it's it's not real. Um, <laughs> but it's no, true. He, yeah, like there are a, a bunch of guys that you would consider cutting where I feel like you could save even more money. And I, I like Larry O is like, I'm I'm not cutting guys at positions of need. Like I, I get the need no. to save money, but you're not doing it at a place where you actually need a player like him. You know, you got to be smart with it. Yeah, exactly. There's just, there's, there's so many other ways to go about it first. And look at, if you find yourself in that situation or if you find yourself where you, you had a hell of a draft and a hell of an off season and, you know, you got two great defensive ends sitting on your roster right now, and you're going, well, we don't really need a $13 million cap hit from Larry. Oh, cool. You know, at that moment, you make the move. But right now, as as the Pittsburgh Steelers sit, I don't even think I'd consider them. And, and the other names on that list were Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson. Like, I think it's such a drastic drop to go from, you should probably cut your $10 million old wide receiver. You should probably cut your third string quarterback. And then you should probably cut your starting defense event. That's probably right. where you should go from that one. I just, yeah, I agree. Too far down the, I wouldn't worry about it if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this isn't a season, just like you said, dude, we've we've seen headlines where it's like, oh, the Saints are $150 million over the cap hit. And then nobody gets cut. And you're like, right. how did they do that? How did that go? But how did that happen? The Steelers do it every year. Omar Khan is their GM. They will figure it out. I'm not worried about it whatsoever. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. PFF has named two guys to the Pittsburgh Steelers as potential free agent landing spots. The first one, Kirk Cousins, which I think we've talked about a number of times on this show. The second one, new guy, Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, a name that, I don't know, I think I have not thought about one time throughout this free agency process. I've not, I haven't thought about him in years outside of my buddy accidentally drafted him in fantasy football last year and was very pissed off that he drafted Michael Thomas in the fourth round of the fantasy football draft. Besides that, that's not a name that's crossed my mind. You hear Michael Thomas coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. You got thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think my thoughts are like, what the hell? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> really, I don't really understand this one. Um, I don't understand like why he would be the move, why they would take on, I think it's like a $13 million cap hit yep. for a receiver who caught less than 500 yards last year when you're, possibly pivoting even more towards uh, a run heavy offense. Like I, it's like a luxury ad that I don't really think they need at all. Um, yeah. And like, where would he play? You know, like you might know this a, a little bit better, but just like, or maybe be able to explain this a little bit better, but like who are you bumping into the slot? Like who, where is, can Michael Thomas play the slot? Like, how, like, I don't, I don't really understand the fit 
and uh and like taking on that kind of money uh to your like like we said I, I, you know i know i just said money's not real but like i'm not it, it's real to a certain extent and i'm not paying michael thomas that much money to like to do what like and how many games is he going to play i guess that's yeah. the other question too so i'm yeah. don't really understand this one at all no no michael thomas makes no sense to me he's he's like another allen robinson and like i just don't think that's where your bar should be if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you're not going, you're essentially going from a 280 yard receiver to a 440 yard receiver for twice. I just or for four million more dollars, four million like more that. dollars. Like I just don't think that that's, I don't think that's where you're shooting. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think you could draft somebody. I think there will be much, maybe I don't even know if less expensive is the word, but much more productive guys out there. I mean, somebody tossed out uh, Juwan Jennings from the 49ers, yeah. and I that's a great name. You know, that's. That's a real that's a good name to add to a roster. Michael Thomas isn't really like a good name to add to a roster these days. And I think Michael Thomas at one point was like, oh, man, Michael, that's ridiculous. But right now, if you're the Pittsburgh, like that's just not I'm not having a low bar for the slot. That's just not yeah. where I'm looking. I don't know how I, I have to I'd have to watch his tape. And I won't lie to you. I have no motivation to watch some Michael Thomas tape over the last four years. But. This guy, I, I don't know how good of a blocker he is. I don't know how versatile he is playing outside, inside. I know he's a slot guy right now, which makes some sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking for qualifications. You need to be able to block, and you need to be damn good at blocking. You need to be able to be on the field when Miles Boykin's supposed to be on the field. Because how many times we watched a football game last year, and Miles Boykin was the only wide receiver on the field, and you went, ah, wonder what they're going to do here. And then they ran the football obviously, because Miles Boykin was the only wide receiver on the field. You need somebody to take that role and be able to catch a football so that you have play action, blah, blah, blah. You need to be able to play the slot, but you also need to be able to bounce outside. And you got to be able to be productive. And I mean, I don't know how many of those boxes Michael Thomas checks, but the last one he does not. And that's to me is just, you know, you're not you're not looking for that. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd go younger. I'd go more productive. And and frankly, I'd go a lot cheaper. Like I would not be afraid to to go bargain hunting for a slot wide receiver this season, especially because you have no idea who your quarterback's going to be. And Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are about to rush for two thousand yards apiece. So right. there's just no point in in stacking up wide receivers and saying, "No, that's the way to go about this." Right, Tyler Boyd, baby. Let's get <clears throat> let's get Tyler Boyd home, man. Dude, Tyler Boyd's him. worth eight million dollars, and you're going to yeah. pay Michael Thomas fourteen million dollars, thirteen million dollars. That's just right. That doesn't happen. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, Michael Thomas. What's a more realistic situation here? Michael Thomas or Kirk Cousins? Ooh, Kirk Cousins, I feel like. Okay. I, I would be, I, you know, I know Kirk would, Kirk would break the bank, but man, I would, I would, I'd be kind of in. I think Kirk Cousins is good, man. I think Kirk me too, Cousins me too. is good. And I think he could do some crazy things with, you know, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren running the ball and then just a little play action and he's, and he's hitting all those deep balls to George Pickens. You know, I, I think Kirk Cousins would be fun in this offense. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think I honestly do. I think that that's a more realistic situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers than bringing in Michael Thomas. And that's wild to say because there have been times on the show where like, yeah, Kirk Cousins would be awesome, but he's also going to cost you $50 million a year. And, you know, the Steelers are $17 million <laughs> under the salary cap. So you got to you gotta look at, at the realistic situation things. But I do. I think Kirk Cousins would be the dude, and I would expect him here quicker than I would expect Michael Thomas. So that's where we currently stand with that. 
We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, find all of our work at AllSteelers.com and our pit coverage at InsideThePanthers.com. We will be back. Oh, today's Friday. Wow. Longest week in the world, huh? Today is Friday. We'll be back on Monday. Enjoy a beautiful weekend in the Berg. Peace.